Hi, I'm Belly Mazo. I'm Keaton Sarder. And we are the Fight Behind Our Forks. Fighting to end diet culture and prevent eating disorders. Today we're going to talk about kind of what led up to our eating disorders and what it's like growing up with such like a strong diet industry and always having those pressures around us. First, we want to talk about our stories, and then we want to talk about diet trends, and then social media, and lastly, how it still affects us today. Bella and I are by no means medical professionals. We are not psychologists. We are just two 17-year-olds in recovery from our own eating disorders. Yes, so to jump into our stories and not make this podcast too long, um, I'm just going to talk about a little bit about my family. My mom was a fitness instructor growing up, and my father was a bicyclist who always had a, had a great deal of value on health and um, being in a fit body. And growing up, I didn't have that body necessarily, and I didn't enjoy sports as much as my siblings. And so I kind of always felt like the odd man out. Um, and I felt like I never fit in with my friends and I did dance for a little while and I was always constantly having to look at myself in the mirror and I knew that my body was different than the other girls. They were all also a year younger than me. So I was always comparing myself to these girls who had thin legs and I didn't, and I needed a bigger size costume than everybody else. And so that was always something tough for me to swallow when I was like getting a costume for a dance recital. And I would have to have the large and everyone else has the small. Um, But it was okay. Looking back at it, it was just how my body was at the time. I was a kid and I didn't like to dance that much and I wasn't as active and that's okay. A little bit about my background. I grew up, um, I was literally just born really tall. I was a tall baby. I was a tall kid growing up. I always, I just did not have the same body as um, all the other kids around me in elementary school. I sprouted really young. Um, I was in the 99th percentile for height my whole life um, until middle school. And then I started leveling out with everybody else. But I think growing up um, super tall compared to everybody else, but also for part of my childhood in a bigger body than most people was really, really difficult. And a lot of my do- my doctors had tried to put me on diets. My parents put me in an NY, uh, an N- a YMCA weight loss class at the age of nine. Um, and by no means did they intend to, you know, hurt me in any way. My parents were just doing what my doctors had told them to do. And it was really hard to not be able to share clothes with my friends and just have everyone around me just constantly tell me that I, I'm too much and too tall. And in, in middle school, I'd be called giraffe and because I was a lot taller than the other kids. And, you know, growing up, the last thing you want is to stand out. And, but that's all I felt like I did compared to all the guys in middle school cotillion. I, I couldn't, they couldn't twirl me under their arms because I was so much taller than them. And in my family, we were a very health obsessed family. 
my mom was always on, you know, diets. She was gluten-free. Um, my dad was a personal trainer for a little bit. And my family, we come from a long line of actually owners of diet centers. Uh, my whole, my grandparents had owned many franchises of these diet centers across California. So I just, right out of the womb, I was kind of set up on this path through into diet culture immediately. And by the time I turned 14, I started I paying attention way more and I listened to it too well and developed my eating disorder. Yeah, kind of same for me. I was going on diets since like first grade, which is insane now that I think about it because I really shouldn't have been worrying about that kind of stuff. But I remember trying to pick the low-cal cereal whenever I went to the store, talking through diets with my parents, um, doing exercises in my rooms at such a young age when that really shouldn't have been on my mind as much, but it was so there because I felt like I was the white elephant in the room. I felt like everyone knew I was the chubby kid. Um, I felt I was always going to be the chubby kid and that it would, I would suffer because I did theater and I never got the main role ever because they wanted the girl who looked like the main character, who everyone wants to look at. Um, and I, never was that. And so I kind of sat in ensemble in the back row for so long, hating myself because I didn't think I could be ever good enough. I participated in theater a lot as a um, preteen as well. <laughs> I It was my entire life in middle school. All I cared about all the time was theater and I would participate in these musicals and um performances and i i loved it but being again but um especially in the early years in sixth and seventh grade being you know considered in the taller group of people i mean i just i like bella i was always in the ensemble i was too i i looked too mature to play the you know cool hip <laughs> female role. I was always the mom, the grandma. I I had also just developed earlier than most people my age and in a, and having this love of theater, it, it was amazing. It, it helped me in a lot of ways in terms of public speaking. Um, I used to be shy. I was definitely no longer shy, but at the same time, it's really hard being in a, having a, a hobbyist that is primarily based on looks to be completely honest i mean most it, it was a silly it was silly middle school plays but um you know when you're when you're in it it feels like broadway <laughs> and just having you know even in middle school them you know they would cast people based on looks you're not gonna be you know the main role who's supposed to be 16 if you're five eight in the seventh grade and would be better as the mom and I think what I really didn't understand then was the toxicity about it because i that's what my whole world was. I didn't realize that the world didn't work like that, that it doesn't matter my weight. It doesn't matter how I look. I'm going to get the job if I'm smart enough, if I have the credentials for it, that my weight really doesn't determine everything. Um, and for a long time, it felt like it did. It felt like it determined what friends I had. It felt like it determined what parts I would get in the plays. 
It felt like it would determine how I felt about myself and um, all of my self-esteem and my confidence. I used to struggle so hard growing up um, with clothing. For years, I would never wear tank tops because I didn't want my arms to show. And that was me in fourth grade, covering my arms every day. And my mom would have to sit there with me, figuring out what I could wear because I was so self-conscious. And I had jeans that I would just cut because I didn't want to wear too short of shorts. And I was so deeply self-conscious of the way I looked that I felt like it really mattered. Um, And it's the hard truth. And it's not like what you want to hear. But like, it's hard growing up. And it's hard not fitting in or not being the skinny girl. And I remember for years, for years, I would every single night in my shower, I would wish to be skinny, pretty, and happy, which is crazy because there's so many other things I should have been wishing for. Um, But instead, I wish to be skinny, which to me is a little bit ridiculous. And I think it's it's so interesting that even, um, you know, speaking for myself, I'm, I'm sure it's similar for you, Bella, but even in my eating disorder, even when I was my sickest, I still thought that I could be skinnier. I still thought that I could be more, my body could be even more perfect. And it just never stops. No matter, it, it is truly a an impossible beauty ideal because no matter what, you're always, there's always going to be something else that society tells you to change. You're either too skinny, too fat, too small, you look sick, you need to put more weight on, or like you're, you're, you're too big, you need to lose weight. There's just no, there is no way to satisfy every single person on this planet. And even like those little times where it's in between almost, where you don't look too sick, or um, you just lost weight, um, and you're, everyone's congratulating you. And it might feel good, but you're not happy with it. You're not happy yet. I, I wasn't happy yet. I, I always saw something I could improve, always. If it wasn't my arms, it was my size. If it wasn't my body weight, it was my strength. It was my core. There was always something more I could do. Um, and I almost got in this mindset that if I don't continue eating the way I am, exercising the way I am, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the young girl who sat on stage always in the back row. I'm going to go back to the girl who was so afraid to show her arms. I'm going to go back to the girl who would cry every night while she pinched her fat in the mirror. And that is so scary to me. But it doesn't have to be that way. It was only that way because it was the way I made myself feel. It wasn't the way it has to be because you're in a bigger body or because you don't look the same as everybody else. It doesn't have to be pinching your fat in the mirror. And it didn't have to be sitting in the back row in ensemble. It could be loving every role you have and embracing your legs because they allow you to move, you know, and accepting that maybe I'm in a bigger body, but that part will come. And yeah, I don't want to always be the grandma, but that's just now because we're in middle school. And that's not, this isn't the big deal, you know? Um, 
I wish I could go back and like shake myself almost and be like, you don't have to be this sad about being bigger because it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like the end all be all. I, I sometimes I look back too and I just think of how much time, how much more time I could have put into things that were so much more worthwhile than caring about my body or how much, how much energy I could have put into something else than trying to shrink myself and eventually develop an eating disorder. I think that's really crazy to think about. And then if you think about, you know, every woman, every, every person for for that matter on this planet that puts so much energy into wanting to change their bodies, think about what more can get done using that time for something else, something more important than wanting to change yourself. What if everybody in the world used that time to be grateful for their bodies and appreciate their bodies? I mean, we would live in a whole different world entirely. And I think that's kind of terrifying to think about that. Yeah, if we like weren't so caught up on this fictitious thing that we want, um, I could have spent so much more time learning the guitar. I could have spent more time in dance instead of quitting because I felt so uncomfortable. Um, I could have worn the clothes I wanted to instead of just wearing old camp t-shirts all the time Um, and how that world could change. So I think right now would be a good time to transition into talking about diet trends and what that was like. Because I always remember like, when I was a kid, everyone was gluten-free. Um, I even was gluten-free for a while. I would go to my friend's house when I was like seven. And her mom would be like, what do you want for lunch? And I'd be like, I'm gluten-free. So she would always make us like eggs or something. It was just a little bit ridiculous. Um, and these diet trends continue today. Like I still have girls who I am in high school with who are like, oh yeah, I'm keto. And I just feel so bad for them because I'm like, I I see them looking at that muffin in the bakery. Um, And I know how that feels to really put those limitations on yourself and to feel like you have these chains around you, that you're always stopping yourself um, from what you want. And it shouldn't be like that. It it doesn't have to be like that. No, it really, it really doesn't. I, you know, growing up in, in my family, we were, we were so so health obsessed um and again it it wasn't it it's really interesting because all of it was coming from good intention my uh, uh, in, yeah intention my family wasn't you know trying to make us feel bad make you know my brother and I feel bad about ourselves they were they were really thinking they were doing what's right by, you know, pushing all these diets on me and everything. But in actuality, um, it was just, you know, just putting me in this, this world where I was, you know, judging myself based solely on what I ate and what my body looked like. And, um, going on diets, you know, at such a young age, I started, um, being, I was gluten-free for six years of my childhood starting in um, the fourth grade. So, uh, which which ended up actually permanently damaging parts of my heart because um, little little health lesson. And again, I, I'm no doctor and I'm not a dietitian. This is based solely on my experience, but 
if you are um, don't have an actual allergy to gluten, it, you're actually depriving yourself of a really important um, protein that is found in gluten. And, and I, you know, permanently damage parts of myself because of not eating that protein for six years. And it's just things like that where we're, you know, the diet industry, they push all these diets on us for their own profit. And they're, uh, and it's, you know, it's all a money game. Where in actuality, you know, they're not telling you the, the side effects of not um, nurturing your body properly. Yeah, the diet industry is a $7 billion industry. Um, they don't want you to be happy. They're not making these products like, how is this girl going to feel about herself? We want her to be happy. We want her to love her body. They're making them because they, they want money. And they're doing what sells. And that's the tough truth. And I feel like it just increases that stigma almost against bigger bodies. Um, I hope to have kids one day and I hope to raise them knowing that it's okay whatever body you're in. And that doesn't say anything about their personality or what's on the inside. Because I feel like even growing up, um, I saw that stigma and I didn't just put it on myself. I almost put it on others and that unconscious judgment of people that continues today because people aren't purposely trying to make other people feel bad. We, most people do have a loving heart and our parents love us. They weren't trying to make us suffer, but they didn't know any better. And so I think it's great that in today's age, a lot of people do know better. Um, and while diet industry is very big still, there are more people being accepting and lessening that stigma against bigger bodies. Yeah, and I think especially in the past 10 years, social media has become such a huge part of life. Um, I mean, even growing up in elementary school and even um, parts of middle school, for me at least in the beginning, not a lot of people had social media. Um, I think Bella and I were kind of at the that tail end of growing up somewhat in a world without social media. There was, you know, Facebook and MySpace was before, before we were uh, teenagers, but there wasn't, the kids our age didn't have Instagram and Snapchat in elementary school, at least, and at the somewhat beginning of middle school. But now, I mean, in um, social media is crazy. The amount of li utter lies, disrespect towards people's bodies that are on the internet is absolutely ridiculous. And it's, it's really terrifying. And I hate when I see something, someone posting something that they feel confident in because I post and sometimes it's hard for me to post because I don't love the picture, but I know that it's a moment. It's not about what I look like necessarily, but I, it's so easy for people to leave hate comments and to judge someone's body without knowing anything about them. And I think that's, it's, it's scary almost to know that people can sit behind a screen and make this one little comment and you have no idea how it affects someone. You have no idea what is going through that person's brain when they read those comments because we are hard enough on ourselves. People are hard enough on themselves. People see themselves in the mirror and they are mean enough to themselves. We really don't need to be mean to each other. Um, and we really should be accepting and 
Um, it's hard because like even like the very young kids have social media these days and you're seeing celebrities who their body is not what everybody else looks like. And yes, they're beautiful. And yes, they have that body. Um, but that doesn't mean yours isn't. That doesn't mean that yours is any less beautiful. Um, and, and many times bodies are photoshopped and they're not realistic or they use diet pills. They use waist trainers that it's not their natural body. They've made their body look like that or their business, their money is reliant on their body looking like that. So they spend their 24 seven focusing on their body, but that's not the life that normal everyday people who have to work and want to have kids and have friends need to live. You don't need to go to the gym that often if that's not how you're bringing in your money to pay for your house. You know, these models on Instagram, they're not our lives. They're not the lives you're living. This is their business. This is their job. And they get to choose that for themselves. Um, but you don't need to let that affect the way you feel about yourself, even as hard as that can be. It's that constant keeping it in your head. And like every single time I see girls and I wish I could look like them and I just have to tell myself that doesn't mean I'm any less. Another's beauty does not take away from my own. Um, and we are all uniquely beautiful. Um, and just because society says this hair, this figure, these eyes are beautiful, doesn't mean anything isn't. There is someone out there who finds everything you have to be the most pretty thing in the world. Um, like every sunset is different, but we love them all. So. I think that is a beautiful way to start wrapping up this episode. Um, we hope that this gives some type of some some type of insight into diet culture, how it's affected us, and how um, ridiculous diet culture can be, and how dangerous of a world it is to um, engage in these behaviors that are so disrespectful to your own body it's really sad and just remember that we still have these thoughts we still see these pictures we still remember the way it used to feel and we still have these fears but it's that constant reminder in our head and reminding ourselves what the truth is um and not what can come up as the truth or what can we can feel on a really hard day but what the actual truth is um, that we are humans, we have a body that allows us to live. Um, and that the way someone looks on the outside says nothing about the quality of their being. Um, and you just have to keep reminding yourself that, even if you don't believe it, and even if you don't feel it always on the hardest days, just say it back to yourself. And then lastly, reminding you again, we are not dietitians, we are not psychiatrists, we are not psychologists we are just two girls recovering from eating disorders and we want to help other two people out so i think we are going to wrap it up now thank you so much for listening bye